three movie podcast where Angel has fallen. My name is Tom Chick, and I'm here with Christian Maltoski. Uh, I'd like to be known as Carly. And with our, I don't get that one. I think you're gonna have to explain it later. And with an Angel has fallen tagline, Kelly Wan. That's true for a character whose job's to keep Trump alive. I know, right? Well, they oh, found a way to get around that. Do you, do you have a tagline that won't bring the room down so much? Finally, a movie where Danny Houston's a buffoon. <laughs> I kind of like the silent reaction, so I just want to say. Well, give us uh, give us one, and we'll give you a silent reaction. Okay. Even even if I we see like it, it's reverential. Okay. Even yeah, if yeah. we like it, right? Go ahead. Try hard not to laugh at this next one, then. <laughs> yep. It's a real killer. Finally, an action movie with a helicopter. I, I want to laugh at that. Yeah, I me do. Too. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I can't, I can't. I, th- that silence, Kelly Wand, it was, it was not sincere. Thoughtful. <laughs> really? Okay, good. Well, I could hear you struggling. It was difficult. Yeah, Kelly Wand, are there four or just three? Because uh, it was it's a trilogy. Were there three taglines for Angel Has Fallen, or is there a fourth? Fallen has fallen. No. <laughs> Let's just go with three. Fun. Yeah. Oh. Well, speaking of Dingus, Dingus, tell the listeners the basics about Angel Has Fallen. Leave the spoiler stuff to Kelly Wan's synopsis. Give us the basics. All right. Well, this week we saw Angel Has Fallen, Mm -hmm. a 2019 American action thriller movie about another 48 hours. It was directed by Rick Roman Wow. Wow? Probably just Wah, right? Yeah, it's probably Wah. Wah! (laughs) <laughs> Spoiler alert! I'm sure he's never heard that one. And written by him with he said it um, pitch, probably. And written by him with Robert Mark Kamen, Mark Matt Cook, Creighton Rothenberger, and Katrin Benedict. I'm pretty it's, sure you made at least half of those up, Dingus. I did. Okay. I made Creighton Rothenberger up. He's actually <laughs> the quarterback for the Steelers. Uh, it stars Gerard Butler, Morgan Freeman, uh, Piper I mean, Bravo. Uh, I know, I know. Yeah. Always a list. Always a list. Oh, right. Yeah. I would. Well, I would characterize her as. I'm, I'm sorry to speak out of turn, but I would characterize her in this movie. I'm going to revive this term because I think it's appropriate as distractingly foxy. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, t- they, they totally belong together. Uh, Lance. Yeah, he got her. Oh, Lance. also, yeah, for Reddick, sure, yeah. Yeah, we're not sexist. <laughs> That's not what, what me and Tom were doing that sound for. We're doing it to empower. Okay, please continue, Dingus, with the writing list, people who wrote. Did they? Was it the same writers we've, as the ones who wrote the other two? We've moved on to the cast, Kelly Wan. Piper Parva did not write this, I don't think. Oh, yeah, Piper Parva. <laughs> well, in my head, I pretend she writes, too. So who besides uh, are we are we stopping at Lance Reddick? How deep are you going into the cast list, Dingus? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm going into Tim Blake Nelson right. and oh. Jada Jada Pinkett Smith. Star studded. Whoa 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 whoa! Are you serious? Yeah. That's who that was. Yes. <laughs> oh. I know either till later. Oh my what? god! <laughs> Wait I don't know her well enough to recognize her. I okay. I, I'm flummoxed. All right, I Dingus. Know it's an Angela Bassett. What what rating was this, Dingus? Angel Has Fallen is rated R for violence and language throughout. Kelly, one of their other things that parents should know about the rating. I didn't notice language throughout, but 
Yes, me. No one who hates fun should be admitted. <laughs> Can I add then a disclaimer that the MPAA should have noted with this movie? Smoking-ish? Um, Age-inappropriate origami. <laughs> That's a sexual thing? I just, you shouldn't, you shouldn't make an origami buffalo for a kid that young. She's just going to tear it up. That's just not – don't give a child uh, – oh. yeah. origami is delicate. It's not for babies. He doesn't care. You should have made it out of baby food. <laughs> that makes no sense. Speaking of making no sense, Cal – oh, no. You know what? I've got to go think first. think that doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, on Metacritic, uh, Angel Has Fallen is at 45. On Rotten Tomato, it's at 39%. However – Cinema oh, no. score to the rescue. The people who went to see it on the opening night, as they were pulled, they gave it the A minus that any movie would get. <laughs> it opened but at minus number... is just half a plus. So. It it's opened really at number. It. it is, yeah. It opened at number one with twenty one million dollars. Both uh, weeks, two weeks in a row, number one movie. Well, but there's nothing that opened this weekend. So. <laughs> Don't take away from Gerard's achievements. Also on Cinema Score, on Cinema Score, there was a movie, another movie that had opened that I'd never even heard of that got an A plus. Uh, and it's called Overcomer. Does either of you know about this? Uh, I wish I did. Think what do you that... call the porn version of that? <laughs> Think it's that ringing bells? Do you know anything about this? No, I do. I have no idea. So I thought, wow, A plus. This has got to be some critical darling. I should, I should look up what this is. It's doing remarkably well. It's one of those Christian movies. And, and really? Even, well, yeah, because church groups oh, go, yeah. and, fam- and so they all get it. It's, it's you know the voting. The the audience is com- comprised solely of people who would give it an A plus, which it, yeah, it just made no sense. I was I was. I super would watch tricked. it to make to laugh personally, but are they I, funny? Okay, you know what? I, I, Did you I watch got, the whole movie? No, I didn't watch it. I, what do you think? I went and saw it. No, I just wondered what is this on Cinema oh, Score? I that... wrote it, and you watched. <laughs> No. Yeah. If I were to watch a Christian movie, I'm, I'm curious about that one called uh, – there's one called Unplanned, which is supposed to be about this uh, a Planned Parenthood worker who is repentant about her job. It's based on some real woman who is probably insane. Uh, I want to see the Kirk Cameron Christmas one. Uh, ew. Okay. Well, yeah. You, all I, right. What? Look at the poster for it. Uh, I'd rather not. What? He's <laughs> explained the – I don't know. Well, Kelly Wand. Stuff that's not even like, oh yeah, you know what? Candles are really good for. Never mind. Kelly Wand, I'm interested in what you do know. Specifically, Hollywood has closed out the Mike Banner uh, verse with banning. With the oh, Banner banning. Right, right. Excuse me, not to be confused. Banner's the Hulk, as I knew you would think. (laughs) The Mike Banning verse has been closed out with the final in the trilogy, uh, but what is yet to be done is the final synopsis in the trilogy. So, Kelly Wand, make everything complete tonight. Go. It's the episode nine of Gerard's. Right. I mean, the banning. Banner? What? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Say the actor's name just to make sure. Gerald Butler. All right. He's a national treasure. I no, I'm actually – I'm really upset yeah. with, with him for reasons that we'll get into. For, I need oh, to I remember, can't wait. I need to remember Dingus's Curly reference to figure out what that is, and I need to explain to you guys why I'm really upset with Gerard Butler. But first, Angel has fallen opsis. Take it I'm away. I'm super curious about the Curly reference too, by the way, so don't forget. Right. Because <laughs> I know – okay, ready? Go. <clears throat> Previously on the Quarter to Three movie podcast <laughs> – Timmy, which wall are you behind? <laughs> His name is Connor. Uh. 
Give me your nuclear missiles product registration key, white man. First, it's time to play a little telephone game. I like to call fuck off. You first. There you go, fuck off. No, I meant, sir, uh, now London's falling. Um, the whole city, not just the bridge. Better call Gerard. Previously on the Quarter to Three movie podcast. What's happening? Mingus, it's a recap of the first two previous Gerard installments. I don't understand. Sir, we were wrong yet again. It's a den of thieves. Uh, I know you hate to call Gerard again, but none of us wants to, so... Fate, my mother's name is also Martha. Let's all be friends and make dawn to the justice or whatever. And where should the listeners write in if they have thoughts about Aquaman? Kristen Stewart would have been perfect as Superman's dad! And the kid from Unbreakable has a nice body! Oh, God. Sir, sorry to disturb you again. We were wrong. Uh, Gerard's submarine in this isn't just a hunter, but a hunter-killer. <laughs> or possibly a hunter-forager. We didn't read the whole poster for it. Previously on the Quarter to Three movie podcast. <laughs> What's happening right now? It's a recap of the previous three installments. Shut up, fool! And with one point, Kelly Wan's favorite movie of 2010, The King's Speech. <laughs> Guys, you had to tell people Nazis were bad with a stutter. Sir, we're dumb again. Uh, Gerard was right. It's a geostorm. Like the car? Looks like we're all going to need a bigger umbrella. I'll hold it. Nathan! Yeah! Baby! And with one point, Kelly Wan's ninth favorite film of 2014, Spongebob, Sponge Out of Water? He worked on it. That's why I didn't make number eight. Sometimes things happen in life. You may not want them to, but they do. Hey, Brie, we're pilots in this. Previously on the Quarter to Three movie podcast. Uh. What's happening now? Uh. <laughs> made the sound. Guys, Batman's dead. Think about it. There's no way he could swim from the ocean and meet Catwoman in Italy. I speak film. Forget it, Emma. It's Gangsta Squad. Has my Arcanite bar sold on the Orgrimmar auction house yet? Guys, a microwave CG head just told Fastbender Prometheus to try harder to microwave it. <laughs> In the moving picture, kindergarten cop, I teach the kids how to offer all their blood to Cataxula and to serve its unholy will. <laughs> and now, the Gerard Trilogy, part four. And where should the listeners write in if they've seen a sandwich in a movie? <laughs> My name is still pronounced something else! <laughs> Sir, we are wrong uh, yet again to laugh and point at Gerard. It's an ugly truth. Previously on the Quarter to Three movie podcast... Now what's happening? Uh, and now the Gerard Trilogy, Part 5. Angel has fallen. Opsis, opsis, opsis. What just happened? <laughs> Gerard runs giggling in slow motion away from a bunch of soldiers with rifles. Uh, visual on Gerard, uh, yeah, he's south corridor. He's next to a window, actually. Now he's falling out of it into some gum. Sandra Bullock nudges me annoyingly. A helicopter and guys with paintballs all attack Gerard. Gerard trips and accidentally shoots himself in the eye with a paintball and screams. Wow, no one's ever lost to a helicopter at paintball before. 
An angry soldier with a mustache is all. What's the big idea? You giggled down at me when we was on some stairs. <laughs> Treat stairs like they're real. You're dead when it isn't. By the way, my first name's just long for Jira. Danny Houston walks up. <laughs> Good work, Gerard. I have a house in West Virginia. Huh. Director of Secret Service, eh? Only took you three movies to get a minor promotion. They unzip and hug. Hey, come over to my house. Uh, watch my kid eat puzzle pieces. Tom's right. You and I are old friends. Weird you weren't in the first two. Gerard takes some happy pills. They don't help. There's a shot of the Washington Monument making Trump feel insecure. In a bedroom, Gerard notices he's married to Piper Parabo. <laughs> <laughs> so he shudders and takes another pill. He sobs a little. Oh, yeah, how'd your little paintball thing go? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, did you take a shower? <sighs> no. <sighs> your asshole smells like gunpowder. I don't want to talk about it. Do we have kids? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> want to come down to the White House? I can be pretty persuasive. Gerard sighs and takes another five pills while she watches smiling. So how long you been getting these migraines? Ever since Gods of Egypt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Farting since Bounty Hunter. Uh, fatness ever since Ugly Truth. Kind of ironic. What line of work you in? Computer sales. <laughs> uh, so I travel a lot because people outside Washington, D.C. don't have computers. <laughs> Mr. Butler, you're a franchise about disasters waiting to happen. Gerard celebrates his doctor's appointment by walking down a hallway with Lance Reddick. Meanwhile. <laughs> <laughs> president Freeman, you are also president in Deep Impact. Will people be holding up babies at the end of this also? Um, I wasn't listening. Fatty. Uh, I didn't have my hand up, but okay. Uh, what if we all start calling Russia the Soviet Union again? Will Yakov come back? Also, are you playing Eckhart's character? That's all for today, <laughs> folks. Thank you. <laughs> Later in the same hallway, Gerard, that submarine movie of yours had more leaks than a screen door. It wasn't me. Wait, the boat thing in that was a sub? Later in an Oval Office. <laughs> That Steve Mnuchin guy from Oh Brother, where art thou's all? And that's why fighting for money paid for by people serving a flag is different than receiving money for fighting for a flag. Now, who leaked the thing about Yakov? <sighs> no one's fessing up, huh? Fuck. I really thought just asking would work. Meanwhile, Gerard has Danny Houston over to his house to listen to his wife and make stuff out of newspaper. Gerard always tells me stories about his army days. I feel like screaming. Here's a classic Gerard story. Army cooks aren't exactly a quality cuisine, so Gerard killed an admiral. Then he went to a restaurant and he ate fried chicken by a gray old guy named Mo. Uh, now I get Dingus's joke. <laughs> Mo walked five miles. <laughs> the officers explained Dingus's joke. Mo walked five miles to work, ten miles back. Made his chicken on the sidewalk in summer, so Gerard made everyone in the entire army buy this perfect stranger a bunch of cars. <laughs> chicken restaurant across the street bought him out a few weeks later. I think it burned down. Card in the window said C on it. Gerard thought that stood for chicken. <laughs> wow, I have zero idea what you want me to say to that. Houston turns a newspaper into an origami bowl and hands it to the baby. Here, a chicken might have gone with my story better, but... <laughs> 
goes all, say thank you. The kid eats it and passes out. Beside <laughs> me, Edward James almost yawns. Gerard hands his beer bottle to Houston. Here, make something out of this, Rodine. Later on a conversation <laughs> patio. Ah, <laughs> uh, Gerard, did you ever think we'd be in movies this dumb after 30? You're over 30? Ugh. Uh, I miss it. Whatever I'm talking about. Smoking. Fucking the guys. The fighting. Fighting. Smoking. Farting. <laughs> By the way, I'm not going to take a job promotion if I ever get offered one. <laughs> I can see that in your face. We're lions. Put <laughs> in a good word for you, though. Can make paper animals. <laughs> he raises his glass. Tomorrow. I don't think that's two words, Gerard, but they toast. <laughs> that night, Gerard studies the origami <laughs> buffalo. His face is all, that's incredible. The next morning in the kitchen, hey, Parabo, I'm going to go fishing with the president for a few days. Bye, baby extra. It's all, <laughs> lay her on a boat. <laughs> lay her on a boat. Mr. President, it's cold as shit. Can I guard someone else? <laughs> uh, classic Gerard, always cold. Always thinking excrement's cold. I don't know who to trust anymore. Then I thought, nothing bad ever happens around Gerard's character. <laughs> uh, wait, this is a sequel? Uh, Gerard, you may be 0 for 2 in this trilogy so far, but I want you to run the Secret Service and make more movies about your hapless character. Gerard makes his usual expression. That's what I was afraid of, that look. You've been given a death sentence. I don't know, sir. The only time I feel alive is when I get hit in the throat with a paintball. Give it till the end of the first act. Talk it over with what's-her-face. <laughs> Gerard scratches himself. Jesus, Gerard, you're scaring the fish. Get out of here. I'll protect myself today. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the shoreline. Hey, guys, what are those? Drones? Gyllenhaal wearing a space helmet nudges me excitedly. <laughs> <laughs> those are shark jump cinema moment. I think every time they're in a the drones blow up all the cops. Gerard watches. Hmm. Drones. <laughs> Something. Uh, uh, someone called the Secret Service. Uh, the drones blow up everybody on the beach. Gerard shoots at the drones and misses, then makes the president go underwater with him. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a bar where Mrs. Gerard likes to spend the day taking her kid to. <laughs> and in fishing news, some drones tried to kill the president and his special friend Gerard Butler. <laughs> seems to attract catastrophe and mass loss of life wherever he goes. Lance Reddick runs around a hospital. Well, the good news is he's comatose. Bad news is there's no brain damage. To hell with the president. How's Gerard? Oh, that was Gerard. The president's fucked. JK. Forgot to examine him. Later in a Bible room. I promise to. Uh, you promise to. No, you do. Yes, have some. <laughs> To defend, protect, and preserve the Constitution of the United States. Defend, promise, the states, preserve. So help me God. Gold help you. Wait, meanwhile, Piper Parabell runs through a hospital. Lance, is Gerard okay? Yes. Her face falls. Come on, I'll take you off screen. Meanwhile, Will Smith's wife <laughs> leaves acting. <laughs> he becomes head of the FBI. Her face is all, mm-hmm. <laughs> she looks at a tech wearing a headset. Scan the BLT for signs of exposition. 
Meanwhile, Gerard wakes up cuffed to someone's hospital bed. Damn it, not again. Mr. Butler, tell me who you are, who you work for. Uh, my name's Butler. Sort of gave it away. And my job is, uh, butling. Uh, <laughs> guns. What's the last thing you remember? Uh, kicking some black guy in a pit. And, uh, yelling at him about where I live. Mr. Butler, the president is in a coma. In fact, so is everyone who went fishing with you that day. Everyone but you. Huh. Interesting. Not really. Wait, what? I'm a suspect based on that? Are the first two movies <laughs> canon? Why would I assign drones to attack a boat I was on? Actually, that does sound like me. I, uh... <laughs> I confess. I did it. You should shoot me now. Mrs. Gerard, did you know about the $10 million in the offshore account? No. Sweet. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Butler, maybe you can explain why your pubic hair and scrotum sweat were all over the laptop keyboard in the van that fired the launch codes that killed everybody? Uh, I think it'd be weirder if you found a van without my... Also, in your garage, we found a bunch of drones and a giant diagram mark, kill prez on boat ideas in your garage. <laughs> okay, the drones I can explain. I really like the Spider-Man movie. <laughs> Also, uh, if ideas was spelled correctly, that exonerates me. Also, just to be sure you find the porn. What about all these calls you've made to the North Korean terrorist from the first movie? <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying to teach him how to play fuck off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this phone game I invented. Uh, did he call back? Huh? <laughs> Mrs. Butler, did you know Gerard's been paying cash for chamomile since 1981? <laughs> Damn you, he's being considered for head of the Secret Service. Why would he kill the president? That'd look bad if it came up as an interview. Exactly, Mrs. Butler. So if you could tell us who the villain in this movie is, it'd save at least an hour. So, free. Fuck you. Gerard Butler, you're under arrest for trying to kill the president of the United States by swimming with him to shore and giving him CPR. And in movie title explanation news, Gerard Butler, whose name doesn't include the word angel, has fallen tonight, or to put it more descriptively, <laughs> is about to be moved by a car to somewhere irrelevant. Non-comatose ex-president and actor Aaron Eckhart had this to say. Who? <laughs> Mrs. Butler, what will fall near your husband in the next movie? Gerard Butler is transported by a black car caravan like the fugitive. Suddenly all the headlights and car engines die. Officer, I'm Gerard Butler. I think my eventual fate at Thermopylae speaks for itself. Call it in. Ow, the radio's dead, idiot. Oh, wait, our phones, huh? Hey, look, bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Some gunmen walk on screen and shoot all the cops. Gerard tricks them by attacking them and running away giggling while they shake their fists and shoot each other. Gerard steals an SUV with a license plate that spells ball bins. He finds a lockpick inside a gun and picks his cuffs, so they're locked on good and tight. <laughs> yeah, Jada, we lost Gerard, and everybody around him's dead again. So I guess we better call Gerard. Wait. Damn it! Well played, Butler. Okay. Wait, that's it. Something facial recognition system. One second, my phone's ringing. Hello? Thank you. They just traced Gerard's favorite vodka to Moscow. Case solved. Meanwhile, in Danny Houston's garage... Ugh, first I forget to program Idris Elba to fight two assailants at the same time. And now we lose Gerard, Ugh. Don't worry, sir, I know for a fact that he patronizes chicken restaurants. 
Operation Fishing Trip Coma Drones is a disaster. <laughs> Kill Gerard. Fuck Gosling. Marry Vikander. Wait, I mean... <laughs> Gerard calls his wife Colette from a gas station. Oh, it's you. Honey, we've been getting more death threats than usual lately. Also, why didn't you tell me you were taking pills? I can party too. Look, Parabo, things happen in life. You don't want them to, but they do. Okay, feds, listen up. I know you're listening. I didn't do this, but if I did, I'm too smart for you. So we're going to play a little game I like to call... Hang up the phone now, mister. <laughs> Damn it. Parabo, I gotta go. I felt really good about that tonight, too. Squeeze Stinky said for me and pat her face. Her name's Cunt. He hangs up. <laughs> Looks like we got FBI's most wanted here, Cletus. Gerard <laughs> kills the old man and drives off in one's truck. Suddenly some cop cars chase him. The paintball helicopter shows up shooting paintballs at him and also into the rotors, so it twirl paints the sides. Gerard tricks the cops by making the back part of his truck fall off and crush them to death. Honks the horn. Later, assholes, I'm going to go drive past Jason Clark at Pet Cemetery. The helicopter. <laughs> the power of vocal cords. It's a fade. In the helicopter that's watching, Jade is all, damn it, I picked a helicopter slower than a truck. Gerard forgets he doesn't know how to drive a truck, and it flips over and explodes. Later, ma'am, the dog sniffed everywhere. He's definitely not in the truck. Damn it! Gerard drives off at another truck behind them. Later, assholes! Gerard gets bored while driving, almost dies in a head-on collision, then parks in the middle of the street and falls asleep snoring. Beside me, Mr. Glass is all, Classic Gerard! Later in some woods. <laughs> That part's true. Later in some woods. Son, how the fuck you find me? Uh, I was actually looking for Alaska. That's big brother for you. Later in Grandpa's smelly cabin. I don't do medication, so here, have some alcohol. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, you're writing a new manifesto. Yup, it's called fucking government. I'm on page one. Don't call me son. You walked out on mom and me. Sex was never the same. Eh, uh, Vietnam, Korea, Iraq, all the same shape. Me not being in the first two of these is the best thing that ever happened. And the second best. <laughs> Meanwhile, sir, we found Girardi. Called us from a cabin to tell us to fuck off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> got the phone stuck in his throat, uh, so we traced the call. Danny Houston tries to not be annoyed while Asa Butterfield kicks his chair. <laughs> cool. Uh, damn it. No helicopters this time. All right. Just guys on foot. I'll bet he has no answer for those. Let night. Excuse me. That night. Damn it. Looks like I led a bunch of assassins to your cabin, Pop. Oh, my housekeeper's here. Put pause. <laughs> I didn't know that Nick, Nick, Nick Nolte had a housekeeper. Yeah, Kelly One didn't break character. That was lovely. Yeah, that was really cool. Was he right about your curly? Yeah. All right. Pretty obscure, but good, dingus. Thanks. I just like the way that Kelly went, oh, I get it. <laughs> she does get to hear part of it. How exciting. Um, that night, 
damn it, looks like I led a bunch of assassins to your cabin, Pop. I had a feeling you'd come back someday, son, so I booby-trapped the woods. He clicks the thing in his hand. A bunch of trees explode. Great, Dad. Now they know where we are. Good. Fuck us. Dad blows up the forest a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> Blew up my own house. Take that, government. Gerard punches his father unconscious while there are shots of the same explosion in the trees from a dozen angles. Behind me, De Palma snores. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for the housekeeper right now. Beside me, Ludlum starts to say something, then naked Arnold sits down on top of him. In the classical bedroom fought through liars, I led to the yogurt woman that in the Captain Kirk enthusiast wants to stab. I make a dance for me in the sexy underwear and to give the blowjob to a bedpost while I play the Walkman. Tape of the Frenchman criticizing a dancing. Then I make the Bill Pullman piece pants and I shoot the missile with the brown man hanging from it. And then I nuke the ocean, and then I crash into police cars with the helicopter. And the fat, cool character who fucked Roseanne in the prime hides behind things. By the way, I've played more athletes than you. No one considers weightlifting a sport. Kevin Costner missed the fields with moves. Weightlifting's only sport besides the running man. Pink cups with the name of your nose, Mr. Almond Brothers Robin Hood. You're a fucking quabble next to me. I'm the governor here. <laughs> Putting the word car tax in Dracula's name's not scary. Not as scary as the box office for a message in a bottle. Car tax terrifies the children to how the car taxes work. Now go stand on a tornado. Emails from Graceland. Mr. Postman, do it for love of the game. Oster <laughs> sighs. If only he'd put more thought into his titles. The next morning... <laughs> Son, you gotta hear this. I know in advance what someone's about to say on the radio. And in forestry news, another 50 extras have been blown up by Gerard Butler and his psychotic father. Danny Houston called to tell us that the Russian government was also involved. Wait, that wasn't the good part. It's weather coming up. Damn it, Dad. Let's talk about your failed marriage to an off-screen mom. Damn you, Dad. You gave up. You're right, but sometimes it's better to give up instead of loving to yourself and hurt the ones you lie towards. Gerard gets bored with his dad and calls Danny Houston. Hello? <laughs> Danny, it's Gerard. Tell him I said hi. Tell him I said hi. <laughs> dad sounds pretty fired up. By the way, uh, this wasn't about the money. I just like drones. Oh, yeah? Well, guess what? Maybe it's time you and I played a little phone game. I like to call fuck off. <laughs> uh, wait, so you... No, wait, I'll go first. I'll go first. <laughs> Hey, you guys playing fuck off? I want a piece of this action. Fuck off, Gerard! Fuck off! Fine, Gerard, you're first. Fuck off. Happy. I Hangs up. No, I, I meant I get to say it. Hello? Danny? Fuck. I'll show him. He thinks you can out-G a third-gen Gerard. Beep, boop, boop, beep. You have reached a voicemail for... Fuck off! <laughs> Leave your message after the beep. Uh, it's, it's Gerard. I'm calling about the uh, fuck off thing. <laughs> message saved. To celebrate his phone battery dying right afterwards, Gerard walks through the woods while his dad carries a fax machine. Jesus, has this shirt ever been washed? 
That's yours, fool. Here, hold the facts. <laughs> Presto! He pulls aside a polka-dotted sheet, revealing a pickup truck. He gets tangled up in the sheet, cursing while some nearby deer and raccoons watch. That's great, Dad, but for all I know, that truck was there the whole time. She's got an engine? Thanks for tires! It's not a phrase, Dad. His dad drives them around in random directions while Gerard holds a paper with some coordinates on it over the windshield so a helicopter can follow them. <laughs> Later. Uh, ma'am, so in the woods... Shouldn't you be in the helicopter? Anyway, so in the woods, we found all our cops dead from explosives, as usual. Also, the words, we work for salient, written on the wall of the cabin here, next to some sketches of uh, Catherine Heigl and naked Greek guys in red cloaks. <clears throat> we work for salient. Oh, Gerard, is he saying he and his dad work for salient? <laughs> his dead bodies do. Okay, let's just go arrest everyone named salient. Meanwhile, on Gerard's dad's truck's radio... And in possible future news, the president's still not awake yet, but might be at some point. Damn it. I better walk to the hospital. Bye. Wait! Gerard! Yeah? Gerard turns around. Dad forgets what he was going to say and just nods. Gerard sighs and storms off. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the Oval Office, Steve Mnuchin's all, By the way, I'm the villain in this. Painting of George Washington yawns. Meanwhile, Piper Parabo's feeding her baby puzzle pieces with a spoon when a black guy and his friend come into the kitchen. Hi, I'm your neighbor. I just moved in next door. Ah! I'm Gerard's dad. I've been watching your porch for three days. <laughs> and uh, you shower. <clears throat> Thanks for saving me from those kidnappers. Kidnappers? Hey, actually, wait a second. You're saving my life doesn't prove anything. Tell me something about Gerard only he would care about. Uh, his maiden name is Gerard Butler Steinowitz, and I deeply regret fucking his mother. Some sad music plays while the baby stares at us suicidally. Meanwhile, Morgan Freeman is awake. Sir, what do you remember? I remember being a dream catcher. My God, why did you people wake me up? Meanwhile, Jada takes the paintball helicopter to Danny Houston's airfield. <laughs> Mr. Houston, when was the last time you talked to Gerard? Um, Danny shoots her and raises his phone. Hello, news? Gerard Butler just killed Will Smith's wife. Also, <laughs> Russians. Meanwhile, outside the hospital, Gerard murders a cop and steals his plus-size state police vest. Later. Nobody move or I'll kill Lance Reddick. You lost your mind? That gun's not even loaded. Oh, I mean, right. Would I be stupid enough to turn myself in like this? That'd be like Sharon Stone and Basic Instinct writing a book about murdering a guy with an ice pick and then... Gerard's right. He is too dumb to be the assassin. Let him go. Uh, why would I... Take me to the president. Later. Mr. President, you're not safe here. Any idiot could break in here, ranting about how unsafe you are. Mr. Reddick, uncuff this man. Your President, betrayal comes with the job. But rules shouldn't apply to Gerard. A nurse is all, Mr. President, shh, my computer keeps crashing. Gerard, thoughts? Uh, <laughs> was your router made in Virginia? <laughs> uh, take that as a no. Guys, someone in a basement is turning a valve labeled nitrogen, and it's not me. Damn it, there's no time to go to the basement. Just make a man stop turning a crank. It's faster to evacuate the entire hospital. Now! Meanwhile, in Houston's garage. Sir, the President Gerard are on to Operation Nitrogen Valve. Damn it, and we do everything I wrote in this folder. The hospital blows up, killing millions. Beside me, Heath Ledford yawns. Later in an apartment <laughs> building. Okay, guys, I'll try to flank you. Uh, so good luck. I'll be over there eating these muffins. Houston's gunmen show up and shoot bullets at a wall. Then they kick in a door they think the president's behind, but Gerard tricks them by the president not being that behind there. 
It's just off screen. Watch it. <laughs> Camera crew. Later. Hey, what's the big idea? We're both on stairs again. I'm on your side. It grenade. Gerard uses his mustache Fred's body to absorb a grenade blast while Houston watches as a helicopter lands on a roof. A guy gets out. Oh, by the way, he and the helicopter explode. <laughs> Houston, it's me, Gerard. Standing behind you. I have a gun on you, but since we're friends, I'd rather punch and stab you. Gerard and Houston giggle and slap at each other. Houston <laughs> accidentally stabs himself. Sad music plays. <laughs> Houston's gonna die. Gerard, I hope... We're still cool. Semper Fi, old friend. By the way, I loved you as the dad in Dirty Dancing. Some jet streak passed, uninterested. <laughs> and in wrap-up news, a bunch of people have been shot and blown up near Gerard Butler for a fifth time this week, so all charges against him have been dropped. Here's a group video shot of Morgan Freeman with Putin and Merkel and other people. Uh... <laughs> after Morgan farted. To celebrate the collapse of the American government, Gerard and his wife and dad watched the baby eat some dice. 14, 15, 16. Damn it, you beat me. You little fuck. So, Mr. Nolte, what are your character's plans? Oh, I'll probably just blow up some more woods to show the government I'm free. Dad, you should move in with us and blow up the suburbs for a change. We've got plenty of room in bed. Just don't break Gerard's heart again. That's my intention. Later. Gerard, come in, have a seat. Why are you wearing an arm cast? I don't want to talk about it. Twice to say. <laughs> Sir, I should have told you I was taking pills. You have nothing more important to listen to. <laughs> Damn right. I can get you the good shit. By the way, sir, I learned a life lesson in this installment. So here's my resignation. <laughs> Gerard, these are cheat codes for Barbie Magic Hairstyler. <laughs> sir, I see that now. Gerard, I hereby declare you president. <laughs> <laughs> No more secrets. They hug. Some words tell me who cleaned up Nolte. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly Wand. I, I feel complete now. Three uh, has fallen movies. We did it. Oh, well, this one was the number one movie twice. In twice in two weeks in a row. That's got to mean something, right? America loves Angel Has Fallen. But what I'm curious about, how does Dingus feel about it? Dingus, what's a movie that's better than this? A movie that's not quite as good and briefly give us your uh, opinion of Angel Has Fallen. All right, I would put The Fugitive ahead of this. Well. And I would... Wow. Yeah, this is basically uh, uh, men who were wrongfully accused. So the one under it would be The Green Mile, um, which I really could not stand and thought took itself way too seriously. As at the beginning of this movie, this movie does. Um, this movie totally lost the idea of what made the other two movies work. As my son said, mm. boy, I almost fell asleep during the first part of it, and then finally it picked up, and it became okay. All right, well, Kelly Wand, did you stay awake? What is your over? What's a movie that's slightly better than Angel Has Fallen? And what is your under, a movie that's not quite as good? I went with uh, movies in the Die Hard genre, and my over's Die Hard. And my answer is uh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit because I don't remember a single action set piece from that, and I remember them from Angels Fallen because I just saw it. So soon it, they'll that could change. That's a moving target. What is Shadow Recruit the one where Kevin Costner appropriates someone's dog? No, that's Three Days to Kill. No, because in that he's a an assassin. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, 
Yeah, I forgot he was in multiple assassin movies. So both of um, you decided for your overs to do pretty good movies. I like Dingus's more because it is wrongfully accused. That's the thing I was going to say. Is like this... Like, the way in the later diehards, he's never stuck somewhere, and that was kind of, like, the, his thing. It was, like, get out of buildings, taking over terrorists, and now he's just driving over people in Russia. Like, this is like that, too. Like, him being frames not enough of a thing. Okay, anyway. Yeah. Isn't wrongfully accused a Leslie Nielsen movie? Yeah, I love it. Because the train chases him and hides behind a train. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I love that joke. The rest of it's not that funny, but it's still... It's still him, and it's still the airplane guys. It's like a lamer, like all the other ones with him. It's like uh, Naked Gun 2. What? My under and over are movies where Morgan Freeman, Freeman plays the uh, – he's the supreme authority because he's the right. president in this. So my under is Deep Impact because he's the president in that, and Deep Impact is pretty terrible. This is better than Deep Impact. And my over uh, is March of the Penguins. Um, so What's he in that? He's a narrator. Narrator is the supreme authority. Oh. Narrator could make anything happen. A narrator could see, and now you're experiencing the mental anguish of this penguin who's despairing, and you wouldn't know any better if Morgan Freeman is telling you that over a shot of a penguin. You know, he could make the movie into anything. Uh, I thought you'd say Bruce Almighty just to keep with your theme. Nope. But March right. of the Penguins. Yeah. The narrator's look kind of godlike. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I did not care for this. I thought it was. Um, <laughs> a, a, de- it was a deadly trifecta of dumb, torpid, and unnecessary. I can handle any. I can handle any single one of those, but once they start pairing up, and if you get three of them, ugh, that's that's a bit much for me. So uh, I'm going to end up being the angel has fallen detractor on, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So Dingus, you said uh, that uh, Kiernan. So you felt that it got okay by the time it was over. Like that it picked up, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I mean, it was just boring as heck. For the These first, are the R-rated movies Kira gets to see with you. For the first half of it, uh, at least, it just felt so. It just felt like the movie forgot what made the other two movies work, especially London Has Fallen. It just didn't have anybody that Gerard Butler could bounce his dumb one-liners off of. Nolte, that's and, the new card. And I thought that was a real problem because they had such a great camaraderie by that second movie that as they're running around through the park and um, going into the safe house and then it, when he finally has that final video game showdown to, uh, to, to break the president out of getting his head chopped off on the internet, um, there's a sense of a real bond between these two guys and that really worked. For this one, it's it's like... The way Iron Man gets PTSD, but he still holds on to who he is. In this, it's just migraines and sleepiness. And migraines and sleepiness does not make for much drama if you don't know how to play that. It definitely lost some of its comic touch. Like it, I, I, There was a lot of it that I felt yeah. was trying to be super serious that is not a hallmark, I don't recall, certainly not of London Has Fallen. That uh, just seems like an, an abrupt change for, for these yeah. movies. It didn't feel like canon. It felt like Alien Resurrection. <laughs> right. Gerard. Yeah. Like, what? Who? What? Did they see the other ones? <laughs> uh, so do you guys know who this Rick Roman Waugh fella is? You probably know. So he did a, a, a Dwayne Johnson movie called Snitch, which is actually okay. The problem is it cast Dwayne Johnson as a regular working man who owns a small business and 
you know, you don't cast Dwayne Johnson as anything other than a, a, an enormous monster, a good-natured monster, but as a huge guy. And Snitch was obviously a movie written for a regular fella, and they tried to make it a Dwayne Johnson vehicle. It wasn't very successful. But his other movie, his more recent movie, is called A Shot Caller, and it is the least bad attempt at a Nicholas Coster Waldau to have a movie career. Uh, he's made a, he's made a, some terrible movies. The Brian De Palma movie Domino, which just came out, which is wretched. Uh, he made something called Small Crimes uh, with the Headhunters. Yeah. Well, Headhunters is predates like his movie career. Like Headhunters right. was even before Game of Thrones. And you see him woman. in Headhunters, and you're like, yeah, this guy would be awesome in movies. Then he does Game of Thrones, and now he's doing. I think he's sort of casting about for supposedly well-written, thoughtful movies. What an asshole. But, you know, you you think, okay, Brian De Palma wants to cast you as the lead. Yeah, that should yeah. be a great career move. He's uh, in Gods of Egypt, which also has Gerardo. Right, right, exactly. So Shotcaller Shot is a – it's a moderately okay movie. Um, but I think part of the problem with Rick Roman Waugh, which is ironic because I think the guy's a stuntman, uh, I don't think he's very good at action. Because uh, Shotcaller is, by the way, not at all about action. Uh, it's very much a sort of a thoughtful crime uh, movie, uh, and, and that's and, this guy. Yeah, it's the guy that directed uh, Angel Has Fallen. Because I, I think a lot of the action in this is just really dumb. Yeah, it's boring. And, and not he didn't in do a, the first two. Not, I don't think so. Dingus, who directed the first two? It wasn't this guy, was it? Um, no, it was not this guy. I don't know who directed the first two off the top of my head. Yeah, it was someone who definitely had more of a sense of glee. I think uh, I, I didn't get that with this. I this still film. like a as a Gerard movie though. I'm well, okay, let's... drawn to Gerard. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, as a as a as a movie in the Mike Banning verse, Kelly Wand, uh, how do you feel about? Uh, yeah, so you like Gerard Butler in this? You liked his character? Yeah. Well, I like Gerard. I like his energy. I like how he looks. I like his voice. I like his persona. He's sort of my Dwayne Johnson. Um, like he he doesn't seem to be taking his career very seriously, which I kind of admire. Uh, <laughs> But you guys are right. It's just as lame compared to the first two. Like, there's no scale. Like, just having it framed is not. It should have been Earth has fallen, and he gets framed or something. I don't know. It's stupid, and it's a different president. Like, if they're old friends, and the first two movies have a different guy as that guy, it just seems weird that you're trying to. It seems wrong for that storyline. And he can't be present for most of the movie because he's in a coma for most of the movie. Yeah, which I think is an odd choice. Because... The whole pill thing. Yeah. Because he's supposed, they're supposed to be, I mean, the way that it's set up is that they have a personal connection. And that's kind of set up at the beginning here, too. But then he just sleeps for the rest of the movie. The first it's, movie is directed by Antoine Fuqua, by the way. Ah, right, right. Oh, that's what's going on. Who didn't do the second one, though, right, Dingus? Who did the second one? No, the second one was directed by somebody named Babak Najafi. You just made that up. You just invented that. Yeah, I just made up Babak. Babak. I just like to say Babak. <laughs> uh, it's a writing issue because the Nick Nolte lines are really vanilla. Like, oh, I blew up your mother. Like, he never. There's, there's nothing idiosyncratic about any of the dialogue. It's just like pap bullshit. Oh, I, I, I loved it when she said, "Tell me something only he would know." Well, I know his name. <laughs> 
And that that's an example to me of just how dumb it was. Like that 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 should like first of all, it's a a complete waste of Nick Nolte because Nick Nolte was totally game for whatever, and I appreciated that about him in this. But they just kind of left him hanging, Um, and I kind of resented that because I you know he had that crazy hobo beard and he's Nick Nolte, and that's what they give him is just this sort of tepid confessional i was a terrible father nonsense Who wants to watch that right and it's and, and exactly like that moment where she and first of all it makes no sense he just knocked out people that are trying to kidnap her what does she care about who he is he's just rescued her right right he, right. he could say he's the pope and the, you know her, her reaction wouldn't be well tell me something only the pope would know like he should be <laughs> like thank you you saved me let's get out of here let's go get the cops out in the front and tell them what happened but no, it makes no sense at this moment, and it's an example of, I think, how dumb the movie is, that she would say, tell me something that only you would know, and that right. he has really no response to that, by the way. Like, I think it's it's supposed – I don't know if that's supposed to be moving or if it's supposed to be – we're supposed yes. to be sad for Nick Nolte. Yeah, it just uh, – Why do we smaltz in my action movie? And so here's, a, here's another thing, too, which is like me watching the news crawls. They, they decide to get out of the scene because this is a lot of times – uh, a writer doesn't know how to end a scene. So they get out of this scene by her saying, that cut looks pretty deep. Let's go take care of that. And the cut does not look deep. <laughs> the cut is a little smear of blood. So, like, and I notice stuff like that. It's like when you say to a, a beautiful person like Brad Pitt in a cop movie, you look like shit. And he doesn't look like shit. He's handsome. He's glowing. He's a, he's, he's, he's a very pretty person. And, and the script just says you look like shit, so the actor says it even though it's not at all true. I felt the same thing about this is she's supposed to look at his cut and say that looks really deep, and it didn't. It looks like a superficial scratch on his forehead, uh, and that's just dumb. I was so put out with the movie by that point that I was looking for stuff like that. Um, yeah, and since she's a nurse, she should have had to do stitches at home. There's a great opportunity there. Yeah, sure. Stitches. And and they could have had a decent scene where she uh, finds out that he left and and why and tells and starts to tell him something that only um, Gerard would know that she that um, that she thinks he will want his father to know about him that his father doesn't know about him. Um, they could chicken turn restaurant. I mean, it could it could have been really touching and nice, and it could have had some sort of a bond happening between the two of them. They're not. I mean, it's, it might seem like a waste of screen time, but they're not doing anything with the screen time anyway. Right, right. It's, this movie's like a two-hour movie, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's way too long for for what they've got, and it, and it. Uh, it, it it really does feel like there's a lot of padding in it, which that's again that's my problem with it is tor- I can take dumb and unnecessary, but you throw in torpid and drawn out like this, I and it's just I'm just completely not interested. It just loses me. Um, and it's just shootouts, like there's no exciting. And and even poorly White shot houses. ones, like uh, yeah. Uh, so I yeah, also the, oh we're in a different room. Oh right right genius. That's your third act. Uh, I also – so I should confess I haven't seen this movie because uh, I walked in late and actually thought – I did a double feature. I came in after seeing another movie, and so I walked in, and there's some huge action scene going on, and I'm like, wait, what? Am I late? And I even had to get up and walk out and look at the front of the, the marquee in front of the, the door to make sure I was in the right screening, and I was like, oh, did they maybe change the time? And I went and sat down and was convinced I was in the middle of the movie, and it was that stupid opening fake-out. Uh, I don't know what happens, if anything, before then. Nothing. I don't know how long it goes on. Okay. So it, 
and, and, and even, credits. Yeah, so even that and that uh, was that shootout wasn't that much different from the one in the hotel later. Uh, and you know, I shouldn't be so hard on it too because really. It, it's okay that that these movies are dumb. Like the fact that Nick Nolte's makeup person didn't make a deep-looking cut on him shouldn't bother me. Um, but there's just not enough other stuff to keep me from caring about that. It should uh, bother you. There should be a deep cut. <laughs> but I don't mind. I seriously don't mind dumb in movies, Kelly Wand. You should know that about. No, me right but now. visual stuff. If the line is, "You look like shit." Make him look like shit. But Jesus you know what? Christ, I don't, the I, you, here's the thing. You almost never that, – that line, you look like shit, is so common in movies, and because of the way movies are made, the person almost never <laughs> – well, no, the person almost never looks like shit because beautiful people tend to be actors and actresses. Uh, you know, I can think of maybe Destroyer with Nicole Kidman's character uh, when Toby Huss right. says that to her. Like there, they actually make Nicole Kidman look like shit. But any other movie where that line is said, the actor looks great, and I don't mind because I'm not there for that sort of plausibility and that sort of reality-based uh, interaction. I'm there for the action scenes, and because this movie didn't give me the action scenes – because I didn't care about the characters, I'm just going to pick on the makeup design. And the lines, some of the lines. So Morgan Freeman has the line, and you mentioned it in your synopsis, there are more leaks in this White House than a submarine with a screen door. Jesus, that's, that, someone wrote, that's the line someone wrote for Morgan Freeman as the president to express exasperation about the leaks in his administration. Yeah, and it makes him look like an idiot because that's his administration. Right, exactly, and that's the only that's... turn of phrase he can come up with. So, boy, he must not be – he's not a very He's so competent, fella. the guy he picked as vice president is evil. That's Morgan Freeman. I'm sick, I'm sick of these fucking movies where movie villains can only get the presidency through subterfuge and murder instead of just the stupidity of the electorate. Like, now you can just run a fuck stick. Like, he doesn't need to trick anybody. That's another dumb thing too that bothered me is this movie referenced the election tampering because it wanted to it wanted right. to use the Russians as villains and possible you know as as something that uh, the blame was hung on him for they, I think they even talk about colluding with Russians which uh, don't, you know I've got so many things that I'm mad about with this but the election tampering thing uh, the Russians must have sucked at election tampering if Morgan Freeman got elected because obviously their goal of election tampering was to sow chaos and they they obviously wanted uh donald trump elected but in this fantasy world where the russians uh, tampered in the election and morgan freeman was elected obviously a democrat i mean a, a black republican presidential candidate is like a unicorn at this point yeah they didn't get away exist. with the tampering yeah. right they, well it didn't even work because right. morgan freeman got elected uh well so, but the vice president i guess was their guy Oh, wait, I thought Moscow I was a red herring. No, because well, like that's they the thing were is blaming him. It, yeah. it was a red herring, and presumably Tim Get Blake it, Nelson's. Yeah. Uh, well, Tim Blake Nelson's motivation was to wage war against Russia so right, that the right. military-industrial complex could. Uh, so Russia's profit. the victim of this movie. Right. Exactly. Their, their election tampering didn't work, and furthermore, we got a competent president, but he failed because of. Uh, uh, Danny Houston, and so now Tim Blake Nelson is in office, and he's going to start war with Russia. Uh, nice move, Russia. Great election tampering there. Keep As going. opposed to a president who talks like the kid in the Twilight Zone episode, where he sends people to the cornfield and writes like that. That guy's president. I don't understand old Twilight Zone references well enough to get that one, Kelly Wand, I'm afraid. Who's in the movie? Did you see the Twilight Zone movie? I only remember, uh, you know, I only remember the, uh, hey, you want to see something really scary. Everything after that freaked me out. You don't remember the 
Let's go. This is what oh, happens the when we think thing. the movie's boring. We just go, hey, you know what? Right. I'll try to start talking about 80s. Well, Dingus, I need you to defend this movie more because you said it was okay. He doesn't like it. Well, no. He, come on, Dingus. Come on. Confess, Dingus, that you thought it got to be okay, right? He said it underwhelmed. Um, well, I, I actually – and at first I, I – <laughs> the first time he showed up, I thought it was Mark Boone Jr. Um, uh, and then oh, I Nick Nolte. <laughs> Oh yeah. Down I didn't recognize him. So... Just a slimmed down version of Mark Boone Jr. And then I realized it was Nick Nolte, you know, chewing on the scenery and as my dad said, looking like his mugshot, basically they didn't have to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's right. That was a familiar look for him, wasn't it? Yeah. Jesus Christ, Chewbacca. Um I actually really liked that sequence uh where his father kind of takes things over and and dad described it as the claymore sequence i don't know if those are claymores or not um but i'll take his word for it uh and i actually liked that and they and for a moment because there is nothing there's no amount of spark in this movie there's there's no uh there's no justin long in it there's no somebody who you feel like oh man i'm i can i can take a little bit of a breath and and have a laugh or something um, which Gerard often provides and which the opening of the other two movies provide. Because the first movie begins with them, with the president and Gerard sparring, and then the second movie begins with them going jogging and, and palling around. Right. Uh, and there's nothing like that here. It's just Gerard being dour. And I thought Gerard, since he was also a producer, thought or said, you know what, I want this to be more serious. Right. I want it to yeah. Be- work uh i want to really show a character who is undergoing a great deal of pain and i can do that i can pull that off um and i'm and i'm sitting there thinking i'm glad you can pull it off but it doesn't belong in this movie yeah yeah dingus exactly i mean Uh, do so do another machine gun preacher if you have to but don't do it here right yeah get your shit out of my also too um it's a storyline that it would made way like the fact that Eckhart's not involved in this plotline, like, oh, yeah, wait, where is character he? reference. Right. What, what the fuck? Like, you can't just go, he, he never existed? Is that what happened? Or he's well, just not caring that, oh, yeah, that guy who saved me twice is now up for murdering the new president? <laughs> wait, guys, you got to be correct. I'm telling you, he didn't do it. He's super cool. We, we were sparring in the thing in London. Come on. It's, it's like Iron Man not showing up in Thor Dark World. Right. It's like, wait, wait, we had Aaron Eckhart. Did he Did he die? Come on, have him stand up for Gerard Butler. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's thing like, is, I want to take issue with your thing about there being no uh, – I got great joy out of how hot Piper Prabo was, and my uh, found, well. I found my mind wandering to that awesome scene in the movie The Cave where she fights dragons where uh, she has to <laughs> climb a cliff – and go into a tunnel, and she's wearing super tight climbing gear, and she's all sweaty and hot, and I just, I, I, I enjoyed that part of Angel Has Fallen very much. Kylie yeah. Ugly's good. She's. I, I just sat around wondering where Rada Mitchell had gone. Um, Rada we, Mitchell is no Piper Parabo dingus. Come on, let's be, let's come on. She Don't was the wait. wife in the other ones. Yeah, I just assumed he was always married. Oh wait, what? <laughs> I didn't even remember that. Hold on, Rada Mitchell. Was Gerard Butler's wife in the other movies? And now yeah. she's a young, hot blonde. And they just plug somebody else in with 
nary a, a mention as to why. And oh, see, they don't even care, Tom, about their own myth- mythos. That's what I'm saying. Fuck, what? Come on. I expected more from a and third I, movie. And Maybe I did with Star Wars. Well, I guess I they didn't, do. I didn't believe Piper Parabo would be with him. I mean, he seems more trouble than he was. She had a, <laughs> that's true. She had a kid by him. Was a kid in the? Didn't they already okay. have a kid? I don't. You know, we've we try to avoid saying mean things about child actors, and especially the younger <laughs> they are. But I'm going to say something mean. I'm going to say the meanest thing about the youngest actor we've seen. That baby was awful. That was the worst. That that was the worst baby extra I've ever seen in a movie. The baby was like clearly not engaged at all with Piper Parabo. They had maybe one take where it waved at at uh, Gerard Butler. That baby was a terrible baby actor, and I hope it doesn't get any more work. I we were supposed that. to worry for its life. Too. I love that moment where he's getting ready to leave and it, there's the requisite, come on, darling, let me get you breakfast. I don't have time. And then he he just leans down to this strange baby that he obviously doesn't know or have any right. relationship with and goes, <laughs> or something. And he goes, yeah. I still, he goes, I still got it. And the baby just kind of looks totally not interested at all. Yeah. To well, the baby's credit, the baby. it it does scream. It does seem genuinely distressed when the evil uh, dudes come in to kidnap them. Like it's it racist. does let out a wail. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Wand, come on! Don't, oh, Kelly Wand. And I just want to say also part of why it bothered me. Uh, I just watched some of the most amazing baby interaction in a movie with Riley Keough called Love Song. Has either of you seen that? Oh no, but oh my god, is that you really? She's yeah, just yeah. so good. With, there's a baby in there. It's obviously not her baby. I don't. I mean, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it's not her baby. But there's what a baby about in there. Bradley Cooper in American Sniper. It's American Sniper, sure. <laughs> that's that's that one belongs in the in the Hall of Fame. That's the but, best baby actor I've ever seen. But watching Riley Keough with this little baby actor, and they've obviously like worked to make the child comfortable with Riley Keough, and Riley Keough is certainly very comfortable with the baby, and I presume. You know, the movie was basically about their relationship, so you can't expect the same level of that in Angel Has Fallen. But I had just seen Love Song, and now I watch right. this this poor little unengaged stunt baby who uh, just really has no place in show business. If, if I recall correctly, Love Song was uh, one of Chris Webb's favorite movies that year. Yeah. Did you right. like it? Yeah, yeah, that's where, I, that's where I heard it. Yeah, that's why I watched it, too. Oh, no, I loved it. It's, it's, it's a fantastic piece. It's basically... Um, uh, there, there's a movie called Gloria Bell with Julianne Moore that should be titled Julianne Moore is Awesome. And uh, the movie Love Song should be titled Riley Keough is Awesome. Uh, it's basically a, a, a movie just about how radiant she is. She's fantastic in it. Yeah. So, um, and Shia greased her legs. I don't even know what that means. I don't want to know. American Honey. American Honey. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's okay if it's a scene in a movie. I'm talking about actors, man. I don't know your sick minds. Guys. I did forget she was an American Honey, right? She's got a chameleon thing about her. Yeah. So the one moment that there is a spark is when that during the Claymore moment, as my dad calls it. I don't think those are Claymores, by the way. Just to, to, you do or a moment. I I don't because they were movie explosions. A Claymore. That's how you work a Claymore. Uh, but uh, they were movie explosions with just they were basically big old pyrotechnical. Uh, uh, effects off-screen explosions that's, but that's not how a claymore does it It looks like napalm more than a claymore but but mechanically yeah. your dad's right it seemed that nick nolte was using his know-how from vietnam and you use a clapper to fire off the claymore in the right direction or your dad was going i would have used claymores but he's just kind of like well it's hard to point it toward the enemy if you don't know where the enemy is going to be um but, Boy, the but they problem, did 
they got every yeah, they did. They're, they're the slashers in that <laughs> exactly yeah. the, the problem is Annie Houston's fearsome stormtroopers yeah problem is they waste this moment where there's a little bit of camaraderie between him and his estranged father yeah with lines like really yeah That's seriously as much as they can do with that yeah I know there's no good dialogue that, it bums me out. It's I wanted to like it at, to be funny, stupid to watch, but like the dialogue sucks and the action's terrible. I don't know. There, All there's I have a, is Gerard. There's then a, I go to other Gerard movies. There's a moment where they're saying goodbye, where his dad has helped him, and they're in the pickup truck, and his dad's driven him to a, a, another gas station or something, and Gerard is uh, he's heading out, and Nick Nolte says, "Where are you going?" Uh, and do you guys remember his response? Nodding. I don't know. No, he says, "I'm going to steal this car." That's, oh, that's, not, oh. that's kind of a good line, though. But it's not, though. I don't think it, it's supposed to be funny. Like, it's just the, the line, where None are you going? It it, like, it should yeah. be something where he says something meaningful to his father. He instead describes his next stage direction. Basically. No, I like that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. For the very reason you're saying. It's like he's supposed to say something moving, and he's like, he's thinking about his next mission. Like that's the Yeah, but then, yeah, okay. That's how they communicate. That's how fathers All and right. sons are. Okay, then, um, Kelly Wan, maybe you can answer a few more questions for me. Yeah, keep going. I love this movie now. <laughs> Jada Pinkett Smith has learned where the pickup truck is. Um, that's a thankless character. I know sake. they have to go somewhere else to do something else. They have to go to Danny Houston and rattle his cage, as she puts it. Yeah, uh, that worked out. did call the chopper just to follow them around now that they're <laughs> And he leaves her coordinates on the windshield? Did you guys understand that scene? I yeah, thought I, it was high. No, I, I think like, the reference. I think the reference was to the Blackwater uh, or the sentient uh, base. Oh, I thought oh. it was to the cabin where they found the bodies. Oh, that maybe too. Yeah, it's to the cabin where they find the bodies, and the idea is that it's some sort of a CCTV surveillance. Um, that that because Nick Nolte says you know that the cameras are going to going to catch you, yeah. uh, right. and so he's like yeah I know and then he so I think that's where it's not all the right, helicopter right. that shoots that it's supposed to be oh. some third party surveillance that they are scraping. There's I, so I many helicopter nope. scenes. They're in the middle of nowhere. I thought for sure it was a helicopter. Everything's a helicopter in this movie. There's four fucking helicopters. And they but I like anything. well I like Kelly one. They're all the paintball helicopter. It looks like like it really does. Yeah, look there's like a paintball that. one. There's one that blows up on the pad at the end. <laughs> There's her in one that she goes to get killed in. That's that she does that, and I think there's one other helicopter. Did you guys catch her? So I love. I didn't know it was Jada Pinkett Smith the whole time I'm watching it. I did no, love I the moment. And it was early on where there's the swirl of activity at the FBI headquarters, and there's extras moving around, and the camera's sort of moving, and you're waiting to find out who it's going to settle on. And one of the extras who walks out is a little tiny short girl, and the camera's following her. And it's following her. And it's like, oh, oh, this is our character. Cool. And it's this little tiny, just feisty Latina woman. And I'm thinking, sweet, oh, yeah. awesome. And, you know, the, again, like you said, Kelly Wan, completely thankless. But did you guys know what her name was in this movie? No. <laughs> Helen Thompson. Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? That was completely not written. Like, change her name. Like, give her a name with flavor or something. I mean, she's I'm a Helen Latina. Thompson, well, yeah. I mean, she's a Latina, and that's obvious. I mean, that's a significant part of her identity, I think. But I don't think that was even written in the script, and I don't think the script even cared. It no, sounded like I they know. just wrote a placeholder name, they cast yeah. the part, and then they did nothing to acknowledge, hey, we got this really feisty Latina chick. Uh, let's give her a name that, that sort of is evocative of her identity. No, she's Helen Thompson. What the You're hell? making me like the movie again. <laughs> it's starting to seem funnier to me. Kelly, yeah, one, then here, 
Here's the question yeah. I have for you. I like when he does the truck and he knocks the truck over too. That was, that was the one lethal weapon moment. Closest to lethal weapon. Good. Okay, yes, question. Knocks, right. knocks the truck over. Well, when he draw he he somehow knows how to drive a truck sharply oh, oh. enough when he turns to knock the cargo container into exactly <laughs> where it <was laughs> roll. And then it makes the cops break instead of killing. Damn it! Oh, I would, have to get I would now, container. Fuck. Yeah, it's like in, a, in, 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 after this movie, I would like to recant every complaint I ever had about Gina Carano picking the wrong vehicle in Haywire. Because yeah. picking that truck – like, okay, so so Tim and Bobby, the militiamen, they've they've got the, dro- the drop on him with their oh, guns. Yeah. <laughs> and then a trucker, a third-party trucker comes in, right. and he decides to appropriate an 18-wheeler with the trailer on it instead of whatever Tim and Bobby yes. are, are driving. What? Well, that, is thought, the, that is yeah. the worst car for a getaway. That is the worst for a car chase. That was in the best, best for his cover. Maybe he thought, oh, no, I'll just get mixed up with all these other large How is that best there. for his cover? It is not. I don't know. He's an <laughs> idiot. The trucker's just... not going to tell the authorities what his truck looks like. Right, exactly. <laughs> and, there, yeah. and there won't be any I'm tracking. I'm not going to tell my cargo container's loose. There won't be any tracking on a commercial transportation ve- vehicle either. No, sure. That'll, yeah. No, he has to use a different kind of windshield because it's completely <laughs> vertical, the truck. I mean, Kelly Wand, while you're fielding questions, here's an important one. So there's yeah, a gunfight at the end. Yeah, I solved that end. one. That was an easy one. Give me a... And Stop there's, a, there's a, balls, yeah. a brief scene where uh, Danny Houston, his mercenaries, are shooting at Mike Banning. <laughs> Danny, Houston. And, Danny and, Houston's your villain. Your movie's automatically got to recover. Okay, mm, please continue. I have, one, I have two words yeah. for you, the proposition. I have one more word for you, birth. I, I mean, I think... Yeah, I, a doofus. He's a doofus villain. Right, right, He's exactly. scary and menacing. He's like a... Well, he oh, is a kind of a colonel. I got to outwit him, all right. He, in the proposition, he's kind of a colonel Kurtz. Like they, and they, he can sort of pull it off. But yeah, I don't like Danny Houston. And I, he's one of those people, when he's cast, you know he's going to be a villain or a douchebag right. or a loser. Yeah. Um, so uh, when, when they're having the shootout at the end, there's a scene where Gerard Butler ducks into a room, and there's a shot of – I think she was in a uniform, so I don't know if she was like a nurse or a policewoman. There's a shot of some woman cowering under a desk, and he shushes her. Uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Why does he shush her? Because uh, he's trying to be stealthy or something. <laughs> but they just saw where he ducked into a room. He ducked into the room because they were shooting at him. I think he's going, look, I'm one of you. I have, I have black friends named Lance Reddick, and the girl is trying to shoot me. And I mean, I... Is she going to scream and give away his location? Is she going to say, hey, guys, he's in here? I mean, he's wearing a police uniform at this point, I think. Oh, and he shushes her. What? <laughs> I think he's trying to protect her. He doesn't want her to right. uh, make noise. To the Good work, Dingus. See, Tom? But they don't care about – I did like the dialogue. So I wrote these lines down. Uh, here's one line. They got Will. Here's another line. Dudley's gone. These were the lines. These are the lines given to the extras who were under fire after Mike Banning says, don't let him flank you, and then runs off. <laughs> like there's one of them named Will that got him and Dudley Dudley's down Dudley's gone these are lines that were written spoken and kept in the final cut we know but two the actors who played Dudley and Will are excited and nudging people when it happens they, yeah their characters probably are in the credits with a name yeah this is where I fall down the stairs this At is where my point, body's used to muffle a grenade over the work. phone Gerard, blown up too. Gerard right, yeah. Butler says to Danny Houston don't worry about finding me I'll find you but does he ever find Danny Houston? Because I don't think so. 
Uh, no, Danny Houston finds him. Yeah. So it's a, nice it's a classic fuck off on Gerard's part. <laughs> <laughs> He's really bad at this, these telephone games, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and even Danny, that's the thing, it is a good matchup because Danny Houston's kind of a dope too. So they're both dumb. Like, I'll oh, shoot her. I'll, like, his plan's idiotic. He does. And also, like, he's like, oh, I got the vice president. I'll just have these huge shootouts around the hospital instead of just trying to keep it together. He does find him at the end, though. He tracks him down to the roof, and then they have their dopey. Uh, but he doesn't. Think the helicopter it. blew up by itself. He doesn't. He doesn't movie. find him. He's chasing him. That's not the same as finding him. Danny oh. Houston attacks him and then runs yeah. away. Like he never finds Danny Houston. He gets in a gunfight with him and then follows him, but he never found him. I guess he does find him on the roof. Sort of. No, here's another thing too. Why do you have a gunfight on a roof? Because someone's gonna go off the, off of that roof. Yes. In this movie, nope, nobody goes off the roof. There's no other good reason to have a gunfight on a roof because roofs are inherently uninteresting with the air conditioning ducts and the gravel. There's nothing interesting about a roof except somebody can get thrown off of it. But nope, here we're going to have the fight on the roof. Well, it's more of a wrestling match than a knife fight. Than a gunfight. <laughs> Although he does throw the gun at him. I did, I did like that. I like that. Because it seems like that fun. never works, but that worked in this case. yeah. Lethal weapon moment where he throws his big gun away because we're going to settle this like men. And then Jenny yeah. to shoot him. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I love it when heroes are dumbasses. Like, All right. <laughs> like suddenly there's rules. And this guy just took over the American government. And our hero's like, yeah, all right, I'm not going to shoot him. <laughs> Kelly, I have, another, I have another yeah. question for you, Kelly Wand. Why is Tim Blake Nelson's telephone voice masked? Uh, to trick us for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right, because Danny Houston knows who he is. Yeah. Uh, his sidekick knows we who he is. We don't care, right. Yeah, so I don't know. And we already it, know it's him anyway, sort of. Like, it has to be him for the plot to be working. Right, right. Like uh, there's no surprises. I don't even think – tell me if I'm wrong on this. Is there even a scene where you find out that Danny Houston's evil – like where it's a big moment for Gerard because I don't yeah, remember yes, that happening. Yes, and it's a really dumb there? moment. Okay, it's right. a really dumb moment too, and it's a moment that that the it's movie indicates. Yeah. It, it's at this moment that the movie indicates how it feels about its audience. So Gerard <laughs> Butler has just been fighting a lot of these mercenaries, and he pulls one of their masks off, and it's the bearded guy who said, "Hey, you threw me down the Great. stairs." But the audience doesn't assume we're going to remember that, so it flashes back to that moment to physically yeah. show us that scene again. And that's the moment where he learns, and we as the audience supposedly learn, oh, no, Danny Houston's a bad guy. Oh, yeah, I saw that scene. Right, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, I was here during that part of the movie. They right. should have flashed back during Dudley's deaths and Will's. Like, remember this guy? He was he was the extra behind him in that one shot. Yeah, oh, speak, speaking of Dudley and Will, uh, I want to tell you guys who Dingus is in this movie. Oh, God. <laughs> wait, wait. Hang on. Yep. I like Go ahead. To get, you can guess. You can guess, Kelly Wand. He's either Jada Pinkett. Nope. Okay, I'm Nick Nolte, sure. Oh, well, that's a, yeah, that's a given, exactly. You're Piper Parabo. Oh, Dingus is either the baby <laughs> or Jada. He's not the vice president. He might be Lance Reddick. He's kind of by the rules. Kelly, when you might not know this about Dingus, but if you're ever out with Dingus as day is fading and it's getting a little dark outside and a bird <laughs> flies by, Dingus will point at it and he'll say, that's a bat. And, and, and to, to be fair, a lot of times it probably is a bat, but anything that flies after daylight has started to fade, Dingus will point at it and he'll try to tell you it's a bat. So that when the drones approach 
the yeah. the president's fishing boat, and one of the guys walks forward and says, "Are those bats?" That was Dingus. <laughs> oh right, I forgot. Yeah, okay. Because we need Gerard Butler to say. That's not even the nighttime though. He right, exactly. It day, so yeah, he's dig- dumber than Dingus. It's, it's an exaggerated, it's a caricature of Dingus. To be fair, that's, it's how, boring, that's how dumb the writer is. Like, <laughs> oh, I'll just do this bats line. And I heard right. Dingus say hamburger hamlet. Actually, you know what? You're right. That is dumb. Is why would the guy think they're bats if it's the middle of the day? You're absolutely yeah, right, man. Kelly Wand. Are those oh, silver <laughs> things with that make that are shooting bullets at me bats? At eleven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to wrens or corn crakes. And he's also in New England on a fishing trip, isn't he? Or did they go to Miami or something? I'm assuming they just drove so to... bats there. Uh, yeah, it must have been a short drive. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they went for that. Um... Well, um, this is kind of going back to your rooftop thing, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, Luke, Luke S. says uh, that Gerard should at least have the decency to learn a proper, proper martial art. Uh, because he well. says that... Uh, Gerard intentionally picked up the torch dropped by the likes of Chuck Norris, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal, and did it just get stuck in his shoe? Uh, he should at least have had the decency to learn a proper, proper martial art. Because Luke S., hasn't Luke S. seen 300? Like, doesn't that count? When he kicks somebody? I guess, yeah. Isn't that like his martial art? That's his signature move? That's what he should have done to Danny Houston off the roof. Uh, yeah. But Luke S., He's like fair point. John Wick and... Um... Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like, he's a counter to martial arts. Like, parkour. Well, I, I think that, like, Luke S. actually has a good point. Like, the kinds of guys who come up through a specific martial Some art service. are like Tony Jaa, that Indonesian uh, fella. Um, like, I, I think that tends to be rare. Like, somebody, it, it's more like somebody like Keanu Reeves gets a successful career and then trains and studies and works out and also becomes a martial artist rather than someone's a really accomplished martial artist who then parlays it into a film career. People like Tony Jaa, I think, are the, are the exception these days. Is it weird at all that Secret Service guys wear suits and they might have to do martial arts? Actually, they may be wearing like, karate. Like geese? Show up in a gi? Yeah, or gunfighter. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I like love... a tie? They can't fight in a tie. I love so a well-shot scene where somebody is fighting in a suit. Like that scene Matrix. in the bathroom in Mission Impossible yes. where... Uh, where the Asian guy has to fight the two of them, Henry Cavill oh, yeah. takes off his Ferguson. jacket and you know, takes off his jacket and kind of steadies his shoulders and goes for it. I mean, when a when a man know, when a man knows how to wear a suit, I'm not saying he's got a great body. Um, uh, he's got a fight and knows how to fight as well. That's really pretty exciting. And to your point, Tom, about the, him pulling the mask off the guy and then us having to be told who it is in flashback. And linking that to your early point, that this is by a stuntman who doesn't know how to shoot or write an action sequence. I couldn't tell what the fuck was going on in that truck um, as far as him choking people and kicking people and whatnot. Oh, right. The van. Right. Yes. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the van or whatever it is. You just can't tell what the fight is. And I, uh, it was just so murky and weird. And if you're a stuntman, I think you should... I think you should be able to David Leach it a little bit. Come on. So here, Dingus, I'm glad you mentioned David Leach and that stuntman. Because, and also, by the way, as far as a man I'll who knows, him. 
as far as a man who knows how to wear and fight in a suit, I think that's, a, for me at least, a big part of the appeal of John Wick is how immaculately Keanu Reeves is dressed in those movies. Like he, you know, he's a good-looking guy and he's well-dressed and he's got cool guns and dogs. Like I, I, that's, yeah, absolutely. Um, but but here's here's my problem too with the action sequences. Rick Roman Waugh, I don't know if this is like something that he did when he was a stuntman. They get way too much mileage out of the gimmick of catapulting a stuntman. A lot of times when you'll have an explosion effect, there will be a stuntman <laughs> positioned near the explosion, and they'll have like a pneumatic catapult that throws the person through the air, generally into like the water. X-Men 3. But, but they got so many – all these explosion sequences, there were, there were entire action sequences that were comprised mostly of stuntmen being fired off pneumatic can, pneumonic can, no, pneumatic cannons while their explosions going off behind them. The drone yeah. strike sequence and the, the Claymore sequence, as your dad called it. I just couldn't stop like, – because also explosions, they don't just catapult people through the air. They tear them apart. But I just couldn't right. help but watch those scenes and think – Man, there's a lot of stuntmen getting paid good money to actually do practical effects. I should be all for this, but it's the same effect over and over and over and over again. I swear to God, there must be at least 30 stuntmen fired off of a pneumatic cannon in this movie. Off of a pneumatic it's a soft R uh, crutch. Did you want more of that, uh, oh, look, there's a random leg over there kind of thing? Well, I, did, I mean, I, explosions are almost always so soft-pedaled anyway. I guess I don't yeah, mind that. They should should see things getting incinerated. So well, but like they, well, well they did they did set people on fire, and then, but again, the person would be on fire, and a pneumatic catapult would shoot them through the air. Like it was right. it was basically stuntmen jumping around having fun. It was like watching a bunch of people in a bouncy castle. Like, it, <laughs> and yeah. you could all almost experience. Like, they must have loved the heck out of getting to do this job, this practical work. That must have been great for them. But good lord, that effect got old. Just used over and over and over in this. Uh, well, it's trees in the dark too. Yeah, exactly. By, yeah. by the time he rolls the guy over onto the grenade, and then gets catapulted to the ceiling. <laughs> You're like, uh, okay, no. Because <laughs> that even too, that was like, okay, we've seen way bigger pneumatic catapults than this one. Come on, you're just you're just using wire to lift him to the ceiling. Come on, weak, weak, Gerard. Yeah. yeah. One more left. Punchy. How are we going to use it? <laughs> uh, why didn't Danny Houston just surrender? Like, what was his end game once the helicopter blew up? Movie's over. I don't know because he's not disguising who he is at all. Right. No, it's a stupid plan, and he's a stupid. <laughs> I mean, why does he fight to the death? Like, why doesn't he turn himself in at this point? Like, he's not, he's not, I mean, I guess the whole, we're lions, how's that for writing, by the way? That's supposed to account <laughs> yeah. for him wanting to, like, die in combat or something. But that's never established as part of his character. Yeah, lions deceive their friends and frame them with drones. That's <laughs> what then, a lion would do. And then fight to the death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fight to the death. He doesn't. But he's playing Gerard, I guess. He's not a lion, but Gerard is. He's the true lion. But also the vi the scene I cut out of the opsis because I go this is just dumb and boring was uh, where Morgan Freeman confronts the vice president at the end and he's oh. all Johnny over there is gonna have the honor of walking you out that door and I'm like wait he's gonna <laughs> never mind and then well, you the see whole it. Thing about it. Like, I thought what? about I thought about keeping you on for three and a half years just to fuck with you like what right really yeah really? yeah. 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 Not how that works. That's when I felt how you felt at the end of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I'm like, oh, this isn't the world that I have to wake up to tomorrow. <laughs> Vice President handcuffs. Boo. Also, too, wouldn't that make Morgan Freeman's 
administration like hugely like what the fuck's going on in that like he his vice president was corrupt like how do we know he's clean like he'd be under more suspicion than gerard is deservedly in this i i mean yeah the movie just doesn't care about that but you're so they did at one point and i'm almost positive you guys back me up if i'm wrong about this didn't at one point when they're looking over the evidence about the 10 million dollars being traced to a russian account didn't they at one point say we're pretty sure he's colluded with the russians like, wasn't the word collusion used? I Am I wrong about that? I don't think I don't the word collusion was used. It uh, was either collude or collaborate, and I'm pretty sure it was collude. At, that's at any a big rate, difference. Well, at any rate, the the thing is, neither when when a foreign power pays you to assassinate a national leader, there were words for that that include assassin, treason, yeah. uh, an agent of a foreign power. The word collude and collaborate is Donald Trump having meetings in the Trump Tower with right. like Collude does not mean – that's not what happened. That's like saying a hitman is arrested for colluding with a mob boss. No, he's arrested for committing a murder. Yeah. Uh, Gerard Butler, they were after him for assassinating the president, and if the Russians directed him to do it – that is not what collude or collaborate means. That means you are a Russian asset. You're a Russian agent. Uh, you're, a, a, you're a double agent in his case. Uh, they understand yeah. it as well as Trump understands the word. Well, I think it, it's this really dumb attempt to try to get into the – to try to capture some – Possible. Zeit, yeah. To capture some zeitgeist using things about election tampering and Russian hoaxes and collusion. Like I think it's just words that people have heard and then these people who write the line – there's more leaks than a submarine on a screen door. These are words that they put onto their dumb script and that make it into the, the final But that's product. stupid because in the movie that turns out to be a dumb lie that the bad guy is saying. So then the message of the movie is see all that Russian shit's just some what some asshole Danny Houston guy is trying to beat us. Well, off. I mean I, I would feel that if the movie weren't already so dumb. Like, I don't think there's, there's no message in the movie and I don't, I don't no. think I, – I really do think it's just they heard words and they wanted yeah. to use them to try to be topical <laughs> like notebook. you said. Yeah, and also it's like it's like when they said uh, there's a guy in Prometheus who says something like it's just about Darwinism at that point. Like that's not what he's like using it. Like, oh. well, how about okay. the uh, uh, the fact that uh, the guys with guns who are civilians are really cowards, and if you didn't didn't get it the first time, we'll also do it with the trucker just to drive the point home. I'm okay with that. Country. I'm okay with that. That's a national service. To highlight yeah. that <laughs> well i mean it was a little weird and it, it might be stupid to bring this up and maybe insensitive as well but we just had that shooting in midland texas and for all their posturing about the fact well texas everybody's armed that wouldn't happen down here uh well nobody nobody presumably a bunch of people were in fact law enforcement was involved at the beginning nobody with gun did anything the guy just ran around shooting people and no civilians stepped up well, they don't do it in here in this either. Like they're no match for Gerard. Yeah, which no, is why I'm happy to see Tim and Bobby portrayed as clowns. Yeah. Right, but then the then rather than let us just go, okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, he has to drive the point home by having the truck driver do the exact same thing. The guy who says, "I ain't dying for this ship, Bobby." Dingus, my you've made me wonder: is that was there simply did they have to go from he's confronted by militiamen to he's in a chase with a, an 18 wheeler did they just have to shoehorn in a trucker to transition him into a chase with an 18 wheeler like that yeah. that makes me now wonder that is redundant maybe they just 
couldn't figure out a better way to get him in a chase driving an 18-wheeler because that's what the stunt sequence called for. Uh, that's dumb because then we just have the trucker be the only one who... The trucker can't be the militia and the trucker. Come on, that's a little bit Why much, Kelly Wand. Come on. What? <laughs> and you have just have people taking turns pointing guns at them, and then they're all... They it all it was away. sort of Blues Brothers, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then he just instantly disposes or whatever. That's actually... Uh, so John, damn it, Angel's fallen. Yes. Reninger does like this one part, or say he, at least he says it surprised him. Uh, when Jada Pinkett Smith was actually gunned down. What do you think of that? I mean, I was surprised that that they both got gunned down. wasn't surprised that the guy got uh, capped in the head. Uh, what else can I, happen I, to her? At that point? I was I was surprised that she did, though. Um, I mean, I, I really do think like it, it's it's I mean, I think it's there for shock value, but. I'm not shocked. I'm instead thinking, Danny Houston, what kind of idiot are you? Like you've right. now just really you've you've just murdered a special agent. Yeah. In in the helicopter, like it's completely clear this happened at your compound. You've killed three people. The forensic evidence is going to be obvious. Like what what are you thinking, Danny Houston? So instead of being shocked that hey this cool Latina FBI special agent character who I like, instead of being shocked at her dying, I'm just realizing there's no thought going into Danny Houston's character. No, and we're supposed to think, oh, he's ruthless, not, oh, he's right. losing control. Because his right. hair's still fine in the next scenes. He's still calm. Right. He's right. just like a little annoyed, like, oh, we have to go kill everyone in a hospital. Then. Well, I think the movie right. wants us to think he's like a Hans Gruber who's constantly one step ahead. But he's not because the movie's too dumb to have a Hans Gruber in it. Like it's just not that kind of movie. It can't well, sustain that's true. that. I justified it to think that he he believes that he's got the president in on his side and he'll just be pardoned or – be able to do whatever the heck he wants but it still doesn't make sense to me that he's running around outside the hospital without a mask on shooting at the president oh yeah that's right. ridiculous yeah <laughs> he, there is a line they do give him a line to, to try to explain i think what he's what he's doing he says to his little sidekick we'll take it offshore so they're going to be they're not going to be an american company anymore and then presumably they'll be above the law and like it, so there's a line where it, you were supposed to think oh okay so he he just realizes he can't part, be part of America anymore. He now has to be a, an offshore company. Um, just as soon as we shoot our way through this heavy traffic. Right, yeah, right. We'll, we'll be <laughs> offshore. No problem. Uh, yeah, Kieran and I are laughing when the three are the two S, three or two SUVs. I forget, one, I forget when the one takes an exit. Are just these big, these huge black SUVs are just la 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 weaving through traffic. Not yeah. <laughs> Guns. Remember Sicario? That's yeah. what it made me think. I watched that scene. And I was like, ah, oh, I could be watching Sicario right now. <laughs> yeah, where you're supposed to go, oh, fuck, guns. Oh, that could happen. Yeah, well, yeah, look through terrible. all those Jeeps going through traffic. and Yeah, yeah look, look, look how look different it is there. big old oh, black cars. Yeah, right. Yeah, that'd be right. terrifying as opposed to, oh, I hope Gerard makes it to the apartment building, I guess. Are they, where are they? Where do they go again? To the hospital. No, no, from the hospital. What is that building? I think it's just next door. That's another thing, too. I think they obviously found this big open atrium to shoot in, to shoot the film, for, for a gunfight. And then that's why they, they're like, oh, we'll use the roof also. Like, people and, live there, don't they? And again, they? if you have an open atrium, if you have yeah. an open atrium, someone's supposed to be thrown off of it. I mean, you got Rick Roman Wall. You've, got, you've obviously hired 300 stuntmen. Throw one of them off of this atrium. Uh, but nope. Or make the helicopter fall off of it. Well, exactly. 
what the heck is going on that Marine One is half an hour away? What's Marine? <laughs> I think it's, it was in it was in the shop. <laughs> yeah, it was in the shop. We went out for ice cream, Mr. President. What? They're Marine One. You had one job: stick around to help the president. There's 15 helipads around there. Are yeah. Telling me they okay. We're gonna be 30 minutes away. You guys take care. And I love too how Gerard tells the guy, "Check for any hacks and breaches. <laughs> like, yeah. Check for the IP address for Sentinel Merc services." And yeah. then the, and it's all because he fortuitously hears the woman say, "Huh, the computer's crashing," and yeah. that sets off his spidey sense to know yeah. Danny Houston. Virginia <laughs> Router. <laughs> that, that line's from the movie. I didn't change it. Oh, that is just that. That's the level of writing that this movie gave us. So yeah. It's like when Dwayne Johnson and Hobbs and Shaw goes, he sees the giant news crawl of them being framed for murder, and he's all, I've heard about these guys on the dark web. <laughs> yeah, that Dwayne Johnson hacker character. Yeah. Dark yeah. web again, I'm going to. <laughs> I, know. I know. Dark web. That's another, hey, we heard a word. Let's do, okay, so collusion, dark right. web. <laughs> Angels fallen. Is the file on the dark web the this backup stuff about the vice president? Is that what we're supposed to think? No, it's his money. It's like his, his money that uh, he's been given by the Russians. It's in an offshore oh. account. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's payments and there's from a the folder. Kremlin. There's yeah, a line a, where uh, yeah, a you folder. Everything is folder. <laughs> it's not oh a server. God, folders of MacGuffin. Yeah, it's yeah. not an account. It's a it's folder a on the dark yeah. web. <laughs> it's incriminating paper evidence that will later justify. Or Kelly Wan, it's, no, it's just a guy who uses Windows XP, and he's used to keeping <laughs> things in folders. Like it's, so he imagines, well, that's how the art, the internet works as well. So a folder on the on the dark web. Oh, and no, it's just, it's just his idea journal. <laughs> yeah. It's his porn. Quick. <laughs> it's his autographs. Uh, Dingus, who else do we make see this? Luke S., uh, John Renninger, you said? I'm impressed oh. so many, even we got that many people. So the the only other thing that John Renner said is something that I felt about it, too, was that um, the other thing that surprised him and he liked was the that McNulty foiled the kidnapping because he totally thought we were going to get yeah. the wife, the daughter in peril thing, that whole insurance thing. I'm glad that didn't pay off with the requisite. We're going to go and have the daughter and the mom in uh, in a hostage situation. They just cut that off right away. That, that was a, a deftly written twist, one of the very few, I think, in the movie. I've so, been watching your house for days! <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Gerard walks to a hospital, he said. Oh, I want to tell you guys, too, why I'm mad at Gerard Butler, and I've, 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 I've nursed this grudge for many, many years now, and I, I'm sure I've mentioned it at least once on the podcast, but I'm still very angry, and I can't, I'm not going to be able to get past this, and I... I just need to – if I ever meet Gerard Butler, this is going to be the first thing I say to him. Uh, he completely ruined the the Phantom of the Opera movie by being cast as the Phantom, and he doesn't have like the voice for – he's got a kind of a reedy voice. He doesn't have that Michael Clayton pre like, – he doesn't have that boom or that profondo sound that, that the actual Phantom of the Opera has. It's just because he's good looking. He got cast as Phantom of the Opera, and his voice wasn't up to it, and it completely scuttled the movie. You know, the I can... Phantom of the Opera tonight. Kelly Wan, that's better than anything uh, Gerard Butler could do in the Phantom of the Opera movie. Yeah. I saw it with Benson. Robert Guillaume was the Phantom of Oh, see, that would work too. No, I love Phantom of the Opera. I love that stupid <sighs> little musical. I know, I know. But uh, in the movie he's version, supposed to be in the movie version, he's a hideous man, and now it's a well, handsome person. No, half of them's Why hideous. Not? It's the scarring. What? 
It's the scarring. Cha- yeah. It's not the Lon. It's not the silent Lon Chaney movie or whatever that one is that we see. He's, the handsome is a very dashing fellow. Doesn't that change the kind of story a little bit? But it's like if Beauty and the Beast, the Beast was like Brad Pitt or something. It's like, oh, I've been captured by this guy. Oh, well, oh, sure, yeah, that's that's what sells it. We're, we're not until he looks like Gaston. The Disney, yeah, the Disney Beauty and the Beast gives you, lets you have it both ways. At the yeah. end, he comes back and he's handsome, so it's really not a sacrifice for her to love him at all. <sighs> Kelly One, why can't you let people have their uh, their hot bodies and eat it too? Because it ruins the idea. I don't know. It's everything. I, I feel like it's an America thing. You just need these stupid little schmaltzy platitudes. It's a it's a musical theater thing, I imagine. Yeah. Is it? Is in British action movies? There's no. Oh, the Phantom of the Opera is British. And Andrew Lloyd Webber, very British. Like it's oh, definitely he? a British production. So. I'm more of a Starlight Expresser. Also, uh, the, the Cats movies coming out. Oh, uh, speaking of terrifying, man. Speaking okay. of Marvel Universe. So speaking yeah. of terrifying movies, we're not going to get to see Cats next week, but we are going to see It <laughs> Chapter 2. Similar title. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and I know the first one just made all the money, so I know that this one's going to do well, which means I know that you guys out there listening are going to see it. When you see It Chapter 2, let us know what you thought. Did it hold up to the first one? What, yeah, how did you feel about it? Was it scary? How was Bill Hader? I think we're all wondering about that. Send your thoughts about It Chapter 2 to 3x3 at quarter2three.com. Get that to us by, it's going to be a little early, Saturday the 7th at midnight Pacific. So we're posting this podcast late. We'll be recording the other one early. So hurry, get your emails in quickly. Uh, and then join us for that podcast. Uh, also, be thinking about scenes where parents are tucking their kids into bed. Uh, we're gonna that do that. Tough. Is it really? Uh, it's, uh, okay. Uh, it's so specific. Well, it's gonna we'll be talk- parents. Okay. Um, kids being tucked into bed. We'll say. Kids uh, being tucked into bed. Generally, it's okay. parents that do that. So if there's a reason that it's not a parent, then okay, yeah, we'll do that. Kids being tucked into bed. Because and part of my thinking too is. I've just watched over the years uh, Dingus evolve from uh, putting his son to bed being a, a, a super involved thing or he reads a story and then the children get older and that's something that the parent gets attached to that the child leaves behind. There's just all kinds of interesting dynamics there with that's true. with the way that children go to bed that we lose as we get older and movies bring up this moment a lot because we all remember it. So if you have thoughts about these kinds of scenes in movies, give us a specific scene uh, if you want up to three of them, and send those to 3x3 at quarter2three.com by September 29th, midnight Pacific, and we'll read those on the air. Kind of the best part of having kids, I just thought. I don't have them, but I would think that's the one high point. Just getting getting to, well, you know, save that for the 3x3, Kelly. All right, We'll talk about it. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Malinsky. It's Christian Morosky. And Kelly Wand. Dingus Seaman Beaumont claims there's a high-speed screw torpedo in the water, and I enjoy it when you tickle my underarms. Cook a mushroom. That's my Kelly. 
I'd prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. I'll just keep saying dumb shit till you crack. <laughs>